0: Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Today, I am joined by the Jeff Putnam, owner, founder, creator of Rugged Legacy Grooming, a man who has decided to go full force into the field of working for himself after being laid off by his company during COVID. That's especially relevant to today's discussion because we're talking about how family men can begin to diversify their income and sort of get multiple streams coming in because I do believe as we move forward, Corona changed the landscape forever. I don't think we are going to see a return to the go to your office, sit in the nine to five for years to come. If ever we we've learned about zoom telework, all these agreements, things have changed. And what does that mean for your position? Is it as secure? You know, for many, they don't know certain jobs. Absolutely. Others. You might be in the chopping block now and you're wondering how can I start making money on the side? Now, Jeff, father of nine married, multiple business streams. He's the perfect man to talk about this because as always on the family alpha podcast, I'm trying to bring this to the, the perspective of the man who has a wife and children, or if you're just a man who has children, you know, the marriage is optional. Maybe your divorce doesn't matter. You've got lives that depend on you. That's what matters. You've got to be able to support yourself while supporting others. That's what matters. So with all of that, let's dive into this discussion with Jeff Putnam. Welcome to the family alpha podcast. Place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: That was quite the long-winded intro you gave me there. I appreciate it.
0: You earned it's it, man. Now. It's your yeah. resume. It's been a it's been a trip. So let's talk about and you know what I didn't mention? Rugged Legacy Grooming does not sell sweatshirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting uh, fact. So let's talk about why uh, I even brought that up. Oh, uh, that was great. Uh, no, I
1: have all of my customer service emails CC'd to me, no matter what, right? So even though I have someone that answers them. They still come to me just so I can see what's going on. So I'll, that way I can make any kind of quick changes on the fly. Or sometimes I'll just cut out, you know, the uh, customer service rep at my, uh, uh, at my shipper and uh, just answer it myself. So I got an email from this guy I'd never heard of. And uh, he goes, I would like to cancel my order. It has been over a month and I've still not gotten a single notification that my order has shipped yet. Okay, so i pull up my system real quick and I start looking in the back end. I'm typing in his name. No match. Maybe he ordered under a different name. Okay, so I look at the order number that he gave me. This order number doesn't even look like our order numbers. So I email him. i was like, um, yeah, do you happen to have the uh, original email you got when you placed the order because the number you gave me isn't matching up? He goes, It was for two sweatshirts. Oh. So I emailed him back. I said, well, I uh, don't know who you're trying to email, but we don't sell sweatshirts, and we never have. (laughs) Um, If you look at the email address this is coming from, it's ruggedlegacygrooming.com. But I'll tell you what. If you do go to ruggedlegacygrooming.com and you use the discount code sweatshirt between now and midnight Sunday night, you'll get 20% off your order. And I guarantee you, it won't take a month to get to you. So, still waiting to see if he's going to place the order or if he was just like, screw this guy.
0: You know, that's he's what I am about to ask. Off. If he did, he's like, well, screw it. Might as well get some oil.
1: <laughs> I mean, if he does, that'll be awesome. That'll be a great story.
0: So let's talk about your 2020. And how you weren't selling sweatshirts then either. It's been an interesting ride, man. It's it's been cool. The men inside the fraternity of excellence. We recently spoke about this. You, you created that thread on it. And that was it was awesome to see because sometimes we find ourselves so focused on the present and where we're going, we don't always, you know, get that snapshot or that, that appreciation for the journey here. Not too long ago, you were working for someone else, mm-hmm. you know, leaving the family, taking care of, you know, the wife, children, and yourself. And you found out, you know, you were dispensable, not essential to what they were doing. And for many, that would, that would be soul crushing. We had a conversation that day and you're like, okay, let's go. And it was, it was motivating as hell for me to see someone literally lose their job and be like, oh, cool. (laughs) Now I get to do the next (laughs) thing, you know? And it was just like humbling. I'm like, I, I wonder how many other husbands and fathers out there that would have been the blow, the, the final blow to who they were into their ego and how we could possibly put them in a position to be more like Jeff, to be more situated to where they're like, all right, cool. On to the next.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a little bit of a notice, you know, they told everybody that day. Um, so if your name is on this list, then you're probably going to be laid off. And if your name is on this list, it's because or they said, if you've worked here for more than five years, then your name is on this list. Well, shit, there I am. So I didn't even bother looking. And they sent everybody home. And uh, I kind of had an idea. I came in. I told my wife, told her what was going on. And she goes, all right, well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. All right. And then the next day, I'm waiting on the phone call from HR and they called and said, yeah, we've decided that, uh, you know, you didn't make the cutoff for the people that not getting laid off. said, all right, cool. How do I get my 401k? He goes, just go to this website, you know, log into your account and go through all these options and whatever. And all right. She goes, it'll take about three weeks. All right, cool. Have a good day. That was pretty much the end of it. Right. And, uh, I walked in and I told my wife, I said, uh, well, it's official. I'm unemployed. And she looks at me, she goes, All right. Like there was no worry in her voice because, you know, one, I had started Rugged Legacy January of twenty nineteen. It finally went live uh March of twenty nineteen. And then it just it slowly built its way up and then it gradually you know, took off and uh, now it's fully sustainable. I don't, I don't even know half the time what the business is doing is just running and I own it. Right. Um, and in the middle of all that, I dabbled in, you know, ebook writing and course creation and affiliate marketing and doing all this other stuff. I started hanging out with people who sold pre IPOs and I'm, a, you know, getting affiliate commissions for them selling, you know, tens and twenties and thirties and fifties of thousands of dollars of IPO. And I'm getting a piece of that every time they sell it. And so I was like, I I can probably handle it. I made it this far, you know, and that was just my entire attitude. Uh, should be all right. <laughs> so instead of, you know, the panic, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I got wife to feed dog to feed kids. The dog eats more than the wife kids eat, you know, I, I, <laughs> I just sat there and I was, all right, well, I've made it this far. All I got to do is double down. And now I'm not spending 60 hours a week, you know, somewhere else where my attention's divided. I'll just spend the same 60 hours a week doubling down on what I'm already doing. But I don't think I would have had that attitude if I hadn't have already been building something.
0: That That's exactly what I was going to try to highlight. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's the work you put in before you know, you hit that, that cliff, you, you know, you built that, you built the hang glider before you were falling to the ground. And I think a lot of men, and especially those listening to this podcast who sort of know in the back of your head, like, yeah, my, my position is not always secure. And you have nothing going right now. Now is the time to start, you know, like, like literally right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you don't buy an umbrella while it's already raining. Right.
1: Like I chop all my firewood in the summer. So it's ready for winter. (laughs) So, I mean, while you have a job, I'm not mean, you know, start an LLC and go out and, you know, all right, well, I, I bought the restaurant or the building or whatever. Just start something and start getting good at something that is marketable. And then try to market it at the worst. You're making extra money. You can spend on a family vacation at, you know, if you don't lose your job but if you do well then you have something that you can market and scale
0: that's the thing there's no downside to this if you no. look at uh, like joe hart you know the guys that are buying stuff and they're flipping it on facebook marketplace it could be mm-hmm. that there are guys who you know jack murphy shared about his son he wanted uh remember what he wanted i think it was a new computer and he went around and started shoveling driveways you no know, if you have a riding mower in a truck you can haul stuff you can cut lawns you know yeah and, and, and you're right a lot of people think well i don't need to to become an internet guru dude you can pay for your kids braces you know you can pay your phone bill like m- making money is not a bad thing and it it's especially <laughs> a good thing when your income when you're the breadwinner when you're the yeah. person in the relationship who's expected to maintain the security financial included not just physical of the family
1: yeah i mean shit if you're just good at proofreading or you have any experience in that you can make a buttload of cash, just freelance proofreading people's books for on Fiverr. You know, it's not a full-time job, but hell, it's more money than you had at the very least. You can fill the gas tank up and go buy a gallon of milk for the kid better than sitting there wondering where the next thing's going to come from. And do I have to go wait in the food stamp line?
0: You know, if you're a lot of people who listen to podcasts, obviously they are at least aware of, if not, cognizant that it exists. There is a a section of people who make money online, just living their lives. I'm in that category. Like I make money, like just living and sharing and doing podcasts like this. Some people, they have specific niches that they go into. You've created a a community that sort of brings everybody together. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's looking to create online, you know, and we could talk about that in a second. But before we get to that, I really want to stress the fact that Multiple income streams is almost a necessity for a lot of people. And I'm going to hear from people after this podcast, well, my job is great and I don't have to fall. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other guy. You know, <laughs> the one person who's going to not fit this bill is going to ensure that they make it a point that I understand. Look, there are some people and people love to find the exception, but there are some people who are working just jobs that take up a few hours a day and it's enough for right now. Well, if you started using the extra hours towards building anything else to come in, you can now start a small stream here, a small stream here. These don't have to be, I'm going to live my whole life online now. They're just, hey, an extra 100 bucks from that thing. Maybe get an extra $75 from that thing. Maybe you're a big winner. That's making an extra $500 a month. These aren't going to be life-changing you know, growths or income streams, but they're going to remove that stress that's on you of like, oh my God, I have to work at this one thing. You know, if you work at a job where the boss is sitting there and they can say whatever they want to you and tell you whatever they want to make you work whatever hours they want you to work because they know you're not going anywhere, you are going to start to hate yourself. How can you have self-respect if you're willing to lick dirt off somebody else's shoes for crumbs? So it's, it's imperative you look at this from that lens and not just, well, he's not talking to me. I'm talking to everybody.
1: Yeah, Cinderella, if the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> has that been a theme though you know for those going to your community has that been a theme of they they stopped looking at it through that lens of oh well i don't need it and more it's there's opportunity everywhere because i would assume in a content creators world all the content creators i know are always looking at opportunities like oh i could do this i could do this i could do this it's never there are some that's not me
1: yeah i mean there are some people in there that are already doing it i mean i've got you know, people who were much more successful than me in there that joined it uh, for the community because, with I mean, right now the doors are closed and I keep them closed uh, until about once a month I open it up. I let a small number of people in, and then I'll close it off because I don't want it to get overwhelmed with a bunch of people. And before they kind of assimilate to the culture of the group, you know, um, but. Some people are in there are, you know, just veteran creators that are more successful than I am. Some of them are fair to middling and others are just, I, you know, deer in the headlights. I got no idea what's going on, but I do have this particular skill that I'm good at. Maybe one of you guys could benefit from that. And that's what I've tried to turn it into is, um, in a resource slash online encyclopedia where instead of looking up, uh, the, the facts you have people in there that already know them and you can just ask a question in there. And then someone who knows it will chime in with, Oh yeah, I wrote this article about it and I posted it up here for you guys to know how to do it too. And it's just everybody sharing ideas because you think know, one of your favorite sayings is a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So if one person's doing better and sharing the knowledge that he has, then everyone's doing better, especially if it's knowledge they can benefit from. So, like I said, it's not so many that people are in there looking for the next you know, life raft or whatever that could possibly save them. Some are, but others are just, you know, it wouldn't be bad to have some extra cash on the side just for a rainy day. Do you have a lot of
0: family men in there? Yeah, I think everyone in there is a family man, actually. It's interesting because... I think there's only one to
1: my knowledge. I think there's only one in there that does not have kids yet, but I know at least off the top of my head that they are all married. Minus one who's just with kids, not married.
0: I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, I think that's something that when you take ownership over the direction of your passion, your purpose, your creation, your let's call it profession, your job. If you can take that and harness it, to where it supports the life you want to live you can be the optimal husband the optimal father and the optimal man because again you're controlling your time you're living you're embodying the values of self-sustainability you know sovereignty if you will you're free to do as you please but it's also feast or famine you eat what you kill so there's a stress there too there, there's that driving force of like look there are lives depending on you and it's no longer a single man's game living in vietnam you know, the digital nomad, that's no longer the the only archetype of online learning. You know, I think of Tanner Guzzi, I think of Ryan Mickler, I think of Elliot Hulse, you know, yourself, we've got several inside the Fraternity of Excellence. You know, it's it's no longer easy to put them into this category of like, oh, I'm not like you because so many more people are like, yeah, I can do this too, with children, with wives, you know, with the, the trad con living, which is ridiculous, traditional, yes, conservative, Fuck no. It's not conservative to start a family in this day and age, but it's also not, you know, conservative to throw yourself out there. You've got to be a little risk uh, tolerant to live this way. Yeah. That's,
1: that's definitely a factor. Um, You know, like you and I've talked about before on this very podcast is when I started rugged legacy, I took every single last bit of our savings and, dumped it into it right and my wife was sitting in the kitchen or sitting in the living room i'm standing in the kitchen and she goes just don't tell me when you spend the money just don't tell me because i'm going to throw up and i'm like well well if she's worried that means there's some definite risk here even though i'm kind of you know fly by the seat of my pants and uh, hot-headed all right let's just do it you know damn the consequences kind of guy but you can't really be that way all out when you have a wife and you have children that if you go, you know, who's taking care of them? You know, if, if you screw it all up and you've got nothing left, you know, it's your fault that they're losing everything and out on the street. Right. Unless you walk around with your paw upturned begging for help in a handout. So yeah, it's, it's a lot different now, you know, than it was maybe 10 years ago when anybody who worked online was, you know, the, Little pot smoking rich kid who knew how to send an email, and he was living in, you know, some third world country in a high rise tourist tower or whatever. You know, now it's guys like me who, you know, I get up in the morning, I go to the gym, and I come back, I sit down and write. And then throughout the day, I might have 20 minutes to an hour here and there where I'll do a little bit of work, maybe send an email, maybe, um, reach out to someone or send a text or phone call but the rest of the time i'm just chilling and hanging out with my wife and my kids and running errands and yeah it's completely different than what i thought it was going to be like you know when i first heard about working online no now it's just i'm sitting around the house you know always there fixing things and you know being used as furniture as kids i've probably got footprints on my back right now you know from my daughter and my son who were surfing on my back earlier <laughs> but yeah it's it's not the stereotypical online guru guy you know it's no you just make a living providing a valuable service and if you don't want to make a living do it you can still make extra cash doing it and keep your day job because it doesn't take that much time
0: it reminds me of a a modern version of looking down on tradesmen get your degree Trades are bad. That's for the uneducated. Now it's like, well, follow the trades they're paying, but don't be online. They're bad. Again, yeah. it's this preconceived notion that's preventing people from making better decisions that would actually benefit themselves in their lives. Well, and even more
1: than that, people think you have to be smart. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I barely graduated high school. You know, I dropped out of college with 40 credits left because it sucked and I was failing everything, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm probably as intelligent as the next blue collar guy, right? But once I got my feet wet and got into online business, I realized that, you know, an idiot can do it. You just have to find the right service that people want and get good at it.
0: I think there's something else to that, though, is you didn't quit. And I, I, I went on a mini rant. I told you that. I was dumb. <laughs> you didn't know you should quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but think about it. You know, I, I went, like I said, I went on this little micro rant about how TFA was born. I, I don't remember what stirred it. I saw somebody say something like I deserve this or it's not fair. Or, I, I should have. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you, you think that you should have what Rugged Legacy has? You should have what the family alpha has? You just started this, man. You haven't put in the reps. Like you, you haven't, you haven't suffered enough. And it was you threw every penny onto this, onto knowing like I will make this work. That's it. Sounds easy and romantic now. Then it was like Jesus. Like let's let's. This has to. I will not quit because this has to work. Yeah. Don't see me kicking my wife (laughs) out of my bed because I had to record a podcast. They just think oh your podcast was successful. Oh, you run fraternity of excellence just happened. The family alpha, of course, that was easy for you. Dude, you didn't see the nights I didn't sleep leading into the day. I went to the job while I was making a video on the commute to the job. And then at the job, I couldn't eat lunch because I was doing a coaching call at lunch. And then I was making a video on the way home. Then I was coaching my kid. And then I was making a video or doing a podcast while not eating with my family. All that was washed away under this. Oh, it just happened for you. If yeah, you don't put in the reps, it's just not going to work. And I think that's a great testament, you know, that that the mini story you just shared about putting it on the line for rugged legacy is that it's necessary. You, It's still work. You have to earn this.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you're going to have to put the reps in either way. I mean, if you lose your job, you know, you're going to have to put a whole lot of reps in down at the unemployment office, filling out 50 applications at a time and going to all these different job fairs and, Putting your best, you know, clip-on tie onto your flannel shirt and heading down there to figure out who's going to hire you, right? Because the only skill you have is working at that same job for fifteen years. That all of a sudden decided you're not all that valuable. Either way, you're going to have to put the reps in. You might as well put them in before it's you know impossible not to. You
0: know what really bothered me about uh, COVID and all the lockdowns and everything, it was the whole essential inessential, you know, decision making. Is how and I'm, I'm trying to constrain myself here because <laughs> I'm getting, mm-hmm. up again, how are we going to tell Americans this business is not essential? Yeah, we well, tell like, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you Americans what. Not fucking essential. Get yeah. the fuck out of here.
1: I was going to say that. I'm like, um, if I don't give a shit if you work at fucking Pizza Hut, um, if you're using the Pizza Hut paycheck to feed your kids, then it's fucking essential and the government should be able to just be told to fuck off and kiss your ass. You know, that's essential. Your kids need to eat. Your your bills need to be paid. You know, the only thing I'm finding that's not essential is to be paying politicians to sit on their ass and argue
0: in exchange for $600 after 8 months. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. I I can't even go down the path, but this highlights people will say, "Oh, well I don't think I need to sell this." Or I don't want to, you know, start selling online because it'll change the message. I've been at the point where I had to check my account before I filled my Jeep up with gas. I've been at the point or I'm currently at the point where I can go swipe the card, fill up the tank and just go without, without a thought. It's much better to be on that side than the other money's not a bad thing. If your entire life becomes this obsession with money, well now that's become your focus and it's, that's different. It's a tool. It's a tool to be used to make you live or, Uh, allow you to go and live that life that is filled with happiness and joy to, to pay experiences, to buy memories with your kids. Like, all right, we can go on this vacation. Well, what'd you do there? You know, I was talking to Phil and that's how he pitched it. And it, it made a lot of sense to me when you have that kind of money and you put it to good use, you can buy happy memories. Here's the ski lot. Remember when we went skiing, remember when we went to the museum, there are times like, dude, we can't go to the museum. We don't have the extra $75 right now, that's all for bills or whatever it's not a bad thing to take your art and your passion and find a way to monetize it.
1: Yeah. The the whole starving artist thing doesn't really work when your kids are starving too. You know, like they're not the ones painting, you know, you should probably do something to feed them.
0: We we could end the podcast right there. Damn. Yeah. That that was, (laughs) Oh my God. That will be a clip. That will be the quote of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just so romantic when your kids are starving too. Damn.
1: (laughs) But no, seriously, uh, it's uncomfortable to sell shit, right? It's uncomfortable to go, hey, I do this thing, and I'm good enough at it that you should give me money for it. You know, that it takes a little bit of arrogance, and it takes you know confidence, and it takes just a whole lot of not giving a shit. You know, because the worst thing that they can say is no. But I'd rather get some no's and then maybe a yes here and there than, you know, my my kids look at me like they did, you know, years ago when we were living in a friggin' motel uh, and say, can we have our toys back? I promise we'll be good. You know, we had to leave every, all of our belongings behind because they wouldn't fit in the fucking motel. And so when my kid looked at me and said, I'm sorry, we were being bad. Can we have our toys back? You know, shit, my kids think they're being punished because I'm fucking broke. That sucks. You know, you never want to go down that road again, you know, and now, you know, call it what you want, but I'll be sucking dick before that shit happens again.
0: Fuck, dude. I was wondering, uh, like, I was wondering (laughs) when we were going to hit the point where you said something that made me just, like, stop. We hit it. (laughs) (laughs) Every every podcast.
1: when When you get, when you have something like that, you know, your children think they're being punished because you are broke that should piss you off and rip your soul in half. And if you don't have a backup plan somewhere, especially the way no one seems to give a shit about businesses and employees today, uh, the likelihood of that happening to you is a lot more now than it was a year and a half ago or two years ago. So if you're prepared and you're okay with your kid going, daddy, daddy, Why are you selling my bed? Cool. Stay the course. If you're good with risk in that, stay the course. If you're not, do something. I don't care what it is. But do something to pick up another income stream.
0: Now, when you look at the, the landscape of the coming year, what are your thoughts on going back to where Trump's out, Biden's in, Do you think we're going back to, all right, now we can open back up? Now, now, play ball again. You know, we can go back to the court. I mean, I called that maybe six months ago that
1: no matter what happened, no matter who won, COVID was magically going to disappear come January, February, right? Oh, well, now the studies are showing that uh, we can open up because cases are going down, yada, 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 yada. I already knew that shit was going to happen. You know, a lot of people don't like my opinion on the whole COVID measure, but I, it's okay because I only value people's opinions who have value to me. But yeah, I, that, that whole non-essential shit put me in a bit of a mood too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I tried not swearing. I was like, oh, oh, if I can go yeah. as soon as that happened, dude, it slips. Cause I'm thinking about these are my fellow countrymen go away. You're not essential. What? Like that should piss everyone. That should have been the, the, that to me should have been the final straw, and yet it, was it really cheesy. should be. And, and it really did. It, it yeah, you know, it, it
1: really should be the final straw. But everybody's cheering for it. Uh, but the other side of that is like what you said. These are my fellow countrymen. We've gotten to the point now where the the people that you were looking at as your fellow countrymen probably don't look at you as their fellow countrymen, right? you're over there screaming, we should open up. And these people over here are screaming, stay closed. And, you know, don't let people work and just let, you know, if these businesses fail, it's better than people dying, you know, <laughs> families, lives and generations of potential and, you know, uh, being lost because of someone's afraid to go outside without a condom on their face, you know, it, or, you know, that's okay. But, but, you know, point point, of the population, uh, majoritively the elderly and the ones who are going to die this year anyway, you know, people say that's cold hearted. They're going to look at you and say, well, no, you're not my countryman. You you know, you you are not one of us. And lately, if you've noticed, um, that's kind of been something that I've, I've talked about a lot in a lot of my content, right? I see 2021 being more divisive than 2020 because people are finally starting to get it. If you give a shit about everyone else, that is not one of your own. And when I say one of your own, I don't mean, uh, you know, ethnically, racially, religious or, or even blood ties, right? But if you haven't formed like a small community of people who share in the same values as yours, uh, whether people want to scoff at it and call it an echo chamber or whatever, but a small group of people that are aligned behind the same values and common you know, moral compass that they can all share in, right? If you haven't formed that, you need to find one or start forming it because the ones that are telling you, you need to care about the greater good and everyone else are full of shit and they don't really care about you. If they did, they wouldn't have told you that your business wasn't essential, right? They say, everyone needs to care about everyone. But then if you stop caring about everyone and you start only focusing on your own, well, that's when you've cared about some people more than others too much. And now you're a discriminatory asshole. I say, fuck it, because people are going to be very discriminatory, very discriminatory in 2021, as you can already see with the different ideologues of shut everything down to let's kill all the Republicans, to let's kill all the Democrats, to, you know, uh, Everybody's a, a white supremacist, domestic terrorist robot now. You know, it, it's your it, people are already dividing up into these small little cliques and tribes and communities, and you just need to get to the point where. And this one example that I actually used in my book that's probably going to piss people off—the book that I'm currently writing—is uh, you. You remember that photo? of that little boy from Libya that washed up on the shore in Italy. He's like three years old, yeah. face down in the sand drowned. Yep. I don't give a shit about that kid. Why? Because that kid's not one of my own. It's not one of my tribe. Does it suck for that kid's tribe? Yes, but I don't have the capacity to, as a man whose job it is to provide for and care for every single member of his family, tribe, and community on a local scale, I don't have the capacity to give them enough love and still give that little kid love too, right? Because when that little kid died, that's just only one that made the headlines, right? You can't spread the, your love and caring and your give-a-shits to everybody on the planet. Because then it means nothing because it's so thinned out, right? Loving and caring is not, you know, they're not nouns, they're verbs, they're actions. So these people that are saying they care about everyone, they care about the community, well, their actions show differently when they told you that they don't care if you have to lose everything you've ever owned and live on $600 for eight months because they're afraid and they want to stay in the house they care about you as much as i cared about that little 3 year old kid face down in the sand and that's what people are going to start realizing in 2021 and if they don't uh they're just going to be end up you know being fed on by everyone else who does it seems like a very grim view but we're people talking about you know the civil war and that probably won't happen i don't have like you know the the dreams of being like Snake Pliskin <laughs> trying to escape from New York, that'd be cool. But I've got both eyes and he's taller than I am. So, <laughs> but no, it's ideologically, we're balkanized now. And so, if you don't get on board with that and start creating a community or joining a community of people that are like you ideologically, where you can rely on each other rather than the kindness or benevolence of the empire that only wants you to shut you know sit down shut up and behave you're going to get eaten in 2021
0: That, that was one of the most marked moments was when i was looking at i was looking inside foe and i was looking outside foe when i was having a lot of people outside my inner bubble Talking about the year of 2020 is towards the end around New Year's Eve time. You know, people are listing their things or talking about stuff. And in the group, and I'm, I'm sure you saw some, but the guys were listing their accomplishments crushed it, crushed it, crushed it. Did this. I sucked here, but I fixed it. I did that. And I was like, hell yeah. Like it was cool. Like the fraternity of excellence had a great 2020. And then I looked at a lot of things going on, and everybody was talking about how they're so glad the year's over and how it's, and once 2021 comes around, then it can change. People, I hope, are realizing real quick, nothing changes until you change. And when you're supporting a system that is shutting itself down to keep the at-risk at risk, you're supporting a system that makes no sense, that does not care about what it is that happens to you, and there is no counterpoint to that. We have a society that put a, a, a freaking magazine out Saying health at every size type deal. It was that fat girl. She was on like morbidly obese. I'm not saying a fat girl, like, oh, she's chubby. It was a morbidly obese woman. It was, it was they were championing it. And it made me literally like ill to see it because I saw blatantly what nobody else was seeing because my eyes are open. Obesity causes the the a majority of the severity, uh, severe cases of COVID. That was mm-hmm. the biggest indicator. <clears throat> People who were obese got COVID and they got jacked up because their body was so big and the blood was going to all these other organs and trying to support the fat that it couldn't even fight off the damn infection. And we cheerily did that. Health is the best indicator of, of making it through COVID, being a, a lean individual, a strong individual, somebody who ate right and was active outdoors. So we shut the outdoors down, we shut gyms down. It was a spit in the face. People will hear what you said about that that little kid washed up on the beach and they'll be like, oh my God, you are a bad person. But then they will cheerlead these measures, which have led to how many suicides, which have led to how many families to to have to pay or to to dive into ridiculous credit card debt because the income stopped, because they were non-essential. How many long-term businesses were shut down because they literally could not survive? They just couldn't because they can't operate at the 30% capacity. They couldn't shift gears and start operating with takeout orders or whatever it could be. And they couldn't maintain because there was no demand. So they went through all the reserves and month after month after month there was no reprieve. Oh, and I'm sorry, you know, these payment protection programs and these these are going to minority owned businesses first. I got them as well. Citizens Bank sent me an email. If you are a minority owned business owner or a minority owned business account owner, you will have XYZ. I'm like, well, shit, I don't can I claim my Scottish heritage? Well, like what <laughs> what what do I get? Because I'm not on this list, man. And you're seeing all these things about Joe Biden talking about all these the minority owned business. This is not a, a black, white. Republican Democrat, this is an American issue.
1: Last time I checked, I don't it didn't really matter you know what color you are. Everybody gets fucking hungry.
0: And that's what I'm that is the 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 end point. We are human beings. Yet this we are being used like these little pawns and people aren't seeing it. And again, they're gonna point to you, you're the bad guy. Yeah. Well, I'll and be see, the bad guy, but I'm the guy who's with the other guys who are gonna win and survive, and you better get on board this train or we're gonna run you over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing I, I wanna make clear is that. You know, while I'm saying I don't give a shit about people that are not inside my tribe and the group that I've chosen that we're going to rally together with, that doesn't mean I hate, you know, everyone on the outside. It just means that I don't give a shit. I'm too focused over here. If you cross the Rubicon and you become a member of my tribe, then you get the same love and care and protection and my give a shits but if you stay over there i don't have time for you i'm going to focus on my people
0: it's like the revolutionary war there i guarantee there were farmers saying just pay the tax don't worry about this we don't need a war those were like look dude i get you're not joining me i'm going to go ahead and just try to fix this i'm going to go ahead and fight this and and yeah. but don't, don't but <laughs> since
1: but yeah you don't want to fight or or you don't want to come over here and join us We're not going to have time to come and help put out the fire on your on your barn and all this other because we're too busy taking care of the ones that are, you know, with us. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, that I can't care. You can't care about everyone equally. You can't. Right. You can't care and have a meaningful attachment to someone. You know, you can do the superficial. Oh, I love all of mankind. No, the fuck you don't. Shut up. The government and the people that are running our lives, you know, and our the political elites. They get up there and they tell you and they look at your face and they speak to your heartstrings and they tell you a story about when they were a little boy and they didn't have but one leg. And then the blind man gave him a dollar and he was a different color. And, you know, they don't give a shit about you either. There's three hundred and sixty five million Americans. A human can only give a shit about 150 people max at any given time, the brain won't let it go past that. Right. Anybody that it cares about past that marker. uh, You know, it's a superficial kind of caring, right? Because all they want is for us to just sit down, shut up and behave so that they can come up with some wild ass story about how they save the day. And we can all go "Oh, thank you for the beatings. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that I did exactly what you told me I should do. I'm really glad that you let my business go under and that I didn't do anything about it so that, you know, Sally Stevenson, the second over here, you know, the 498 pound woman living in Boston with, you know, a gallon of ranch dress and strapped to her neck was able to live comfortably and go to the park, right? I don't give a shit about Sally Stevens in the second. I give a shit about the Putnam clan. I give a shit about the men in the FOE that I've actually had time and the, you know, the, the, the opportunity to interact with. And we meet, we shake hands, our values match. People that I'm friends with that are outside the FOE, You know what? I've got plenty of them that I will drive right now, 3,000 miles across the country, just to go and help them install a refrigerator. I don't give a shit. Those are my people, right? But the people that wouldn't do the same for me are not my people. And so, therefore, I can't waste my time giving a shit about them. The government can't waste its time giving a shit about you because it has to make it look like it gives a shit about everyone. And if it only shows that it's giving a shit about you, somebody else is being left out. And that's no longer allowed. So pick your people that you give a shit about. Pick your people that give a shit about you. Focus on them and say, fuck everyone else. Because if you don't do it, 2021
0: is going to eat you. When it comes to 2021, you mentioned that you're writing a book. You mentioned, I mean, obviously, you've you've been growing rugged legacy grooming products, uh, campaigns, all sorts of things. So that's I'm, that's an assumption of it's going to continue to grow. What else do you have coming down the pipeline? What else are you doing to boost the Putnam clan, your community, the brothers around you, and just yourself? I mean, if you crushed it in the year 2020, which you did, what's this next year gonna look like for you? I don't think I'm looking to add anything new. I
1: think I'm looking to scale what I currently have. You know, so I've got two, three, I don't even know how many eBooks that are written, right? Well, I'm scaling that to a full-blown hardcover paperback book. That's great. Rugged Legacy uh, has grown. It's from where it was being made in my kitchen to being made in a factory, in a warehouse, shipped by people that, you know, I pay their bills. So now I'm scaling that even further. Uh, A good friend of ours, Nick Lowry, he and I just entered into a business agreement together where he has exclusive FBA rights to sell rugged legacy on Amazon. So he'll, or he'll buy from me wholesale. I supply it to him. He sells it on Amazon, which one gives me more brand awareness, gives me more revenue. Cause he's buying from me wholesale and he keeps 100. I, I take nothing. I, he, I let him have 100% of all the profits from that because he's doing all of the extra work. Right? So, people in my clan are going to be eating because I'm doing deals like that with my clan. You know, if I'm eating, my people are eating. And so that's the only thing I'm focused on right now is making sure that everybody who sits at my table gets a bite.
0: It goes back to that rising tide, you know, and this is something I've been learning this year and and something I, I have the bad habit of anytime I get, I want to give. And it sounds like a good habit. But you have to get, you have to establish, secure, and then give. You have to make sure you have what you need. You get yourself positioned and then you hand it off. And coming from lower middle class upbringing, I think it was my, because I understand what it's like to want, that was something that was difficult for me. You know, and there were probably other men listening to this who, when you're telling the story about, you know, when I eat, my people eat, like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah. But it was such a learning curve to understand that you have to take your bite first. You have to eat, not at the same time, but you got to eat and then disseminate. And have you found yourself coming from where you were? You know, some people get, and I've actually, I'm going to rephrase this question because I've noticed you haven't done this. How have you found a way to remain true to you, even when money started flowing in, you know, uh, accounts started growing? You've stayed true to the course because I think that's a part of your success. You've not changed. You are who you were day one when we were speaking, when you sent me a random ass DM. Hey, man, which logo looks better? I'm like, who the fuck are you? But that yeah, one, you don't know one. me,
1: but I like your content. <laughs> Tell me which logo you like best. You're
0: still that dude, though. And you know, you've remained, remained true. And that goes, you know, sort of to the point I made on money is just a tool to be used. It's, it's not, it does not become the focus, you know, fame, if you will. I mean, we're, we're when you hit a million followers on Instagram or, or Twitter, I'll say you're famous until then, f- fame you know, you're growing, you're, you're over 20,000 followers on Twitter. Hey, I've been recognized you know. in public by followers. Now I think I'm famous. Hey dude, if that counts, I got, to, when we were at an intersection, the kids are with me. Are you Zach? I'm like, what's up?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we're not Jack Donovan's level though.
0: No, dude, that was embarrassing.
1: That that was, that was embarrassing as shit, but it but was but also so cool awesome. as hell
0: because we get to yeah. see it live.
1: I'll so let you fun. tell that
0: story and then we're going to dive into you though. I'm bringing the spotlight back on you.
1: Yeah, for those of you uh, who didn't listen to my podcast, the Rugged Legacy podcast, first off, shame on you. Second, when Zach and I were with our good friend Tex and we were in Orlando, we had ran into Jack Donovan. Uh, if you don't know who he is, you're under a rock. Author of The Way of Man, Becoming a Barbarian, a More Complete Beast, Sky, of, uh, Sky Without Eagles, his new one that I just pre-ordered today, Fire in the Dark. Check him out uh, at Start in the World on Instagram. So, anyway, we're all walking down the street because we were going to do uh, a couple of photo sessions that Zach and I and Tex were all going to use for uh, our social media accounts. And Jack's just amazing with the camera. So, we're just randomly having a conversation walking down the street, and you hear like tires start screeching. And we look over, and right in the middle of the highway, right there at dead center of Orlando, there's this guy rolling down his window and yelling, stopping traffic. Yo, are you Jack Donovan? Jack's, yeah, I love you. My kids are going to read your stuff. And they just drove off. So Zach and I aren't that famous yet.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was looking around. as was like, he doesn't know us. We're, no, we're yeah, not he, there yet. We're not he he that has level. no idea who I am. <laughs> but you know what? That's another perfect example of a dude who I've known for years now. And th- the whole world knows him. And he's still just Jack. He's just a normal dude, you know, stayed true to the course. And it's I sent him a text
1: today when I pre-ordered his book. I was like, hey, bro, just want to let you know, I pre-ordered your book. I think it was like the second person to pre-order the book as soon as it dropped. And he was like, rad, thanks. I'm like, yeah, man, I got to get you back on my podcast. And he goes, all right, let's do it when the book's out. Just no talk to my agents, you know, Jack doesn't give a shit. He's just the same old guy.
0: And again, now I can put it back on you. (laughs) So now that we've had that and gotten that out of the way. You stayed true to the course. You stayed true to your family. You stayed true stayed true to your friends. Does that come from your upbringing? Does that come back to your roots?
1: I don't know. I think I'm uh I'm just ill-equipped to be bougie, I guess.
0: You bougie motherfucker.
1: Right. <laughs> no, uh There's a show that I'm a big fan of called The Peaky Blinders. Everybody's probably heard of it. Everybody knows who Tommy Shelby is. Well, there's this one scene in one of the seasons where he's already rolling in cash. And, uh, you know, he's like the little Razor Gang godfather in Birmingham in England. And, you know, everybody comes to him and everybody fears his name being spoken. But they go in there and people in his family see him in a horse stall and he's shoveling horse shit. And they said, Tommy, what are you doing? He goes, I'm shoveling horse shit why are you shoveling horse shit is to remind myself where I come from. Right. And I think because I've still got it in me from spending so much time living paycheck to paycheck and worrying about if I can afford this or afford that, I still do everything myself. You know, if, I mean, if I can't do it, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll call someone to do it. But, uh, Oh, I need, we need a new table. Oh, I'm not going to go buy a table. I'm just going to buy lumber. and I'm going to build a table, you know? Oh, I need my, my, my dryer went out. Well, I'm going to take the dryer apart three times and look at YouTube and figure out how to replace everything.
0: Wasn't that a recent story?
1: Yeah, that was recent.
0: <laughs> that was a very specific <laughs> yeah. example.
1: Yeah. And you know, the only thing I couldn't do was the, the, uh, the stove. I had to buy a new stove. 2021 has been great. Three major appliances all gone out in the same friggin' week. <laughs> But no, you know, getting the money, you know, from multiple comes, of, you know, multiple streams of income was great because I could afford to replace the things that went out. Right. Rather than, well, guess what? Kids were cooking on the fire for, you know, for a while. But that's all it's there for, man. You know, money doesn't make me happy. Not worrying about money makes me happy.
0: And that's very well said. It's a very yeah. good way to put that.
1: Like, I don't give a shit about the money. I just want to make sure that if I want to go and buy, you know, milk or a cigar or whatever, I don't have to check the account and start digging through the, the couch for spare change, you know, cause that was a reality for me. And I'm worried about, well, I can't go and take my wife out to lunch because that 20 bucks needs to go, uh, so that I'm only $40 short on the light bill this month instead of $60 short. You know, I've been there. And so now that's what makes me happy is just not having to give a shit about the bills. As long as I don't have to give a shit about bills, I don't care what the money goes to. The kids need something. Hey, dad, uh, I need clothes. Hey, dad, you know, I, I need this or I want to buy this because I want to learn how to do that. Okay, fine. I don't need to go out and blow it on all this expensive shit for myself. I'm happy with you know, a piece of iron that was hand forged in Sweden, <laughs> you know, when I bought a new knife, I'm happy now. Cool. But I'm happy that my kids, I'm not spending more money on charcoal cooking on the grill every day because the stove went out. I could afford to buy a new one. Yeah. Just not having to worry about shit is what makes me happy. And it's that peace of mind that I didn't have for so long, which now it's, that's really all
0: that matters is that peace of mind. I think that combined with what you brought up earlier on there not being any reason for you to overlook this, you know, there's no reason for you to not, you are to be caught off guard. You know, you, you know, what's coming. We talked about 2021. You can expect, you know, if anything that your job is not, unless you're a government employee, which I've been, you know, which, which I fully understand, you literally can get away with murder and still keep your job. You know, you can fully expect that if shit changes, your company's not going to be loyal to you. They're going to be loyal to their bottom dollar. So there's 100%. no to not start making those moves. If for no other reason than to give you that peace of mind, it'll it'll lessen the blow. If anything, if nothing else, it will lessen the blow, and you will not go to zero. You know, you will still have something coming in. And I think that combined with what we spoke on earlier, I mean, putting it all together, there's no reason in 2021 to not get something going, some side stream you know, flowing into your pot to start stacking up, even if you never spend it, even if it's only 50 bucks a month, whatever it is. Jeff has many courses, many opportunities, communities. I will have the links below. There are a a multitude of books out there teaching you how to do this. You know, well, I don't know how to market. Guess what? Jeff has another source for you. Well, I don't understand. (laughs) We have so many freaking opportunities and resources that it's almost like shame on you for trying to find what we haven't already spoken about or already addressed.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, the information is out there and unless you're actually looking for the one excuse, you know, well, I was, I was really wanting to succeed, but since I don't have legs, I figured I would choose to be a successful sprinter. (laughs) You picked the one fucking thing you can't do. And there's all this other shit to be successful at. Stop being a douche. You know, if you don't have arms, don't be the idiot that says he wants to be the push-up champ, all right? <laughs> There's plenty of shit out there you can be successful at. Just don't don't go out of your way to look for the one fucking thing just so you can say, see, I told you. I showed them. That Did you? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, yeah, you really showed me. You really showed me while you're over there crying, you know, because you now you don't have a job. So, yeah, you showed me. Don't show me.
0: Show your family you give a shit. So with that, Jeff, I think you are the the most frequented guest on this podcast. I have to be, I was trying to go through and I'm pretty sure this has been a a somewhat regular thing. And that's why I'm I'm glad we could link up, you know, not just, we should just start a, like a, a a show together. We could have a series because honestly we do. I was trying, I think we're well, maybe seven times you've been on this podcast. God, it's gotta be more than that. I'm going to have to go through and count counting the, the morning brews, the group ones we've done. Me being on yours, if we were going to include those, yeah, I count dude, those too. It's 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 frequent, so it's been good to catch up again. I'm glad we we're able to have this talk. For anybody that's looking to pick your brain, check out your course for content creators or community for content creators. Course for marketing, how to train your wife, uh, setting yourself on fire, how to lead your wife, not how to train your wife. I think I told you to go with the other title. It, it's a better, it just sounds, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got rugged legacy grooming. You know, I'm again, I'm probably missing something on all of that though. Then I've got my coaching and then there's coaching. So like I said, people who want to do this, connect with you and get into one of those things, where can they best find you? Everywhere
1: you look, you can find me at rugged underscore legacy. You type that into Twitter, you type that into Instagram,
0: and both of those places will have links to everywhere else I'm at. All right. I will have links to several of Jeff's products as well as links to Jeff himself. For all those who tuned in, thank you for listening. Don't just take the advice and listen and then move forward in your day. Apply it. Start generating those income streams. If you don't take any action based off what we said, what we said was wasted, and it was just two friends catching up. I want this to be more than that. So take it apply it, run with it. If you have questions, reach out. If you want to reach out or get the courses, like I said, listed, the links are below or drop a DM, get the conversation started, get you moving in the right direction. I'm Zach Small. This is another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach Small underscore.